Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new, brand spanking new episode of the Almost Brothers Podcast. Thank you for joining us yet again. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about what we do when the person that we look up to in the faith falls off. Coming up. What's up, 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 Jeremiah? What's up? How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? How was your day? It was, it was okay. Okay? It was okay. Oh, just okay. Okay. It's a lot of studying today. Oh, oh, Lord help you. Yeah, you did, what, test yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been trying to cram everything from the, for the whole week into like Monday and Tuesday. That way I have Wednesday yeah. through Friday to work and do other things. And I've just got a little brain burnout today. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in your eyes. Uh, it glazed over. I've been, I've been hard at it all day. Oh, my goodness. It's and, just a variety of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's hard to, for me to switch gears because I've got a criminal justice class, <laughs> food and nutrition, and then a writing class, an English class. And then I've got... Um, What's the other one? Oh, the psychology class, which is my major. Oh, gosh. So trying to juggle all those, it's just like nothing overlaps. So it's like yeah. all totally different stuff. So yeah. anyway, it's just, it's and, good though. And that on top of having a job is like stressful in itself, like yeah. two different types. Yeah, because of- you're like sitting at home thinking, I'm not working. I'm not making money. What yeah. you know? It's just, but it's it's all good. Oh, yeah. Don't you wish you would have done it right the first Man, time? Man, you ain't lying. <laughs> that's, that's a, every yeah. time I go to car, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I would have like, just finished. Like every time I get out of bed and my back's hurting and my knees yep. hurt, and I'm just like, why didn't I go to school and yep. do something Doing, 20 years ago? Yep. I'd be close to retirement by now. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, yep, yep. Well, on today's episode, we have a special guest sitting across the table. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm doing all right. What is that? What is that hat? What does that mean? American Fetcher? Yeah. It's just is that a, a fishing hat? No, oh, it's okay. just like a... Bird hunting hat? I mean, it's just a hunting hat. It's, it's, a, it's a popular company off of TikTok. You know what it reminds me of? A feather in this hat and called it macaroni. <laughs> Yankee doodle, huh? You got a feather on your hat, get it? She does it every time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Hey, that's her what up. I'm about to do. Yep. That's what we're going to have to do, ain't it? <laughs> All right. All right, here, let's see. Hello? Hey, babe. Well, hey, sweetness. She's always so nice. Doing? I know, right? She, like, she lifts my spirits when she calls to lips. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm about to get hit by this explorer if they don't slow down. <laughs> oh, snap. Slingshot uh, activated. Yeah, they're shaking bait. Don't end up like the car that's down there by on the go. Yeah, oh, we've see seen that. Yes. That was terrible. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, yep. snap. Do you hear who we have on the show with us today? No. What up, player? Oh, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> oh, how was your how was your day, I'm Michael? Not, I'm not on, am I? Absolutely. Yeah. Most definitely. Oh my gosh. I'm getting off the phone. <laughs> All right. Well, you drive safe. I love you. I'll call you when we're done. All right, love you. Love you. Bye. Man, I love that woman. I really do. But she always, as her and Richard, always, every single episode they call right as we're recording. Yep. That's what we're going to do. We're going to start just putting them on. 
Every time. But yeah, on today's episode, yeah, we're going to be talking about, you know, what we do when, when somebody that we look up to us in the faith, you know, when me and Hunter were talking about this ahead of time, he said, well, you mean like just completely leaves the, the faith altogether? And it may not, it may not be that. It, that may be part of it, but what if they just, they let you down, they fall. Mm-hmm. We realize that they're human and they're, they're not perfect all the time. And then also what, what happens when that's you, when you're that person that you stumble and fall, you know, cause we all have somebody that we look up to in the faith and we all have somebody that looks up to us in the faith, whether mm-hmm. we know it or not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it's going to be a good topic. You know what I told Hunter, we, I've been seeing a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess you'd call them big name pastors that, that, uh, you know, a lot of scandal this came out. Like there was a, a big one uh, from Hillsong who it came out, he had an affair. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, people are just, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. And it's like, of course you're, you're meant to be held to a higher standard. That's what the Bible mm-hmm. says. You know, those teachers and preachers are meant to be held to a higher standard, but also we, we got to realize that people are human. People are going to yeah. make mistakes. People are going to mm-hmm. fall and, and struggle and, and um, just give us give us kind of something in your life where you someone you looked up to that maybe you thought had it all together, you know, when it came to the faith, or maybe you thought they were so rooted and then they they slip up or they fall or they fall short, even in your eyes, and and it it just kind of it almost derails you. It almost yeah shakes your faith, it, you know. It it makes well the times it's happened to me. I'm not going to really mention any names or anything, but um, the people that I have seen this happen with, there was always kind of like. You know, in hindsight, you've seen that little slipping away kind of, you know what I mean, yeah. where they were less involved or um, you could, there, there was just warning signs there in hindsight. Yeah. You know, like during it, you're just kind of like, oh, they're having an off day or they're not feeling well. But um, then when something comes out, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. why they, but um, man, I don't know. The the thing that sticks out to me when you said that what the topic was going to be, I, the first thing that came to mind was pastor the other day when he was talking about how, you know, people can't let us down if they're not the what's holding us up, that's good. Yep. you know? And so they, if you have that mindset off the bat, then it doesn't really matter what, who let, you know, who f- stumbles and falls because they're not what's sustaining you. And that's, they're not who's feeding you and stuff, but, but there is still some hurt that comes along with that. Yeah. And there's some discouragement because you're, you, you kind of makes you think, man, if they can, if they can do that, man, I'm, I better watch out. Yeah. You know, there's good. like a warning that goes along with it because it, it can happen to any, anybody when you let your guard down. That is good. That's exactly what it is. Like you see them and you're like, oh my goodness, if they if they're not gonna make it, then we're all doomed. You right. know, and it's kind of the opposite of the way we need to look at it. You know, we need to look at it like, oh, okay, they're human too. Mm-hmm. Like they have problems and struggles that we don't see. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Hunter, who's who's just it may not be somebody that fell off, but who's some of the people that you look up to in in the faith? In the faith. Well, just maybe not sitting here at this table. Well, I just, <laughs> there went my number one answer. <laughs> No, it was just you, my dad, you know, really look up to him, just my whole family, really, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, to answer your question, you know, it hurts. Yeah. But Jeremiah kind of hit the head of the nail on that one. You know, from the hindsight point of view, you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's starting to make sense. Yeah. And then you just got to take a step back and realize, like, you know, they're human, too. Yeah. In the Bible, you know, it says we all fail yeah. every day. That's so you right. just got to keep that mindset, but also you can't just completely lean on them. Yeah. Yeah, I know, talking about your dad, I know he, there was one time where he called me, uh, it was later at night, which he likes to do a lot while I'm trying to sleep. 
But he called me and he, he said, you know, he had to get on to, to one of you boys. And again, I'm not going to say any names, but, and he said, the boy said, but dad, like you, it's the same thing that, that you struggle with. And he mm-hmm. said that that hurt him so bad, you know, that he sees that this is somebody that his son looks up to mm-hmm. and his failures, his son sees like, you know, whether we know it or not, he's, yeah. he sees that. And it was, it was eye opening for me on the outside to, to think about that and think about that with my own kids, but also it's so good to hear a brother in Christ open up like that and, and admit falling short and admit, mm-hmm. you know, these shortcomings. And, um, I think it was a big, a big growth situation in, in Richard's life. Um, I know he's one of, he's one of the most amazing men of God when it comes to opening up about, Hey, I'm struggling. I'm mm-hmm. struggling today. Like he'll call and he'll open up and he, you know, a lot of us, we try to hide those things. Mm-hmm. We try to act like we've, we've yeah. got it all together instead of, Hey, you know, I, I fall too. I fall short right. too. And I think that, I think that's part of the problem is, is we, we put this facade on and this mask on so that that's what people see. They think you've got it all together. So when you fall, it's a shocker. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be just, I mean, the simplest thing, you know, like, right. uh, you know, Oh, this, this pastor just, uh, he's, he's struggling this week with depression. Oh my gosh. I thought, you know, you know, I thought they were so happy they had it all together. Well, yeah, that's a front that they were putting up. Mm-hmm. You know, I shared a stat. It was like 1700 pastors. It was either a week or, or a month quit the ministry. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such a shocking number until you, you, you know, you know, some of the things that these pastors struggle with. Right. And, you know, I think one thing that we have to do as, as part of the church body though, is instead of condemning our pastors or leaders when they fall is to rally around, around them and lift them back up and get, you know what I mean? Cause they're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to have enough conviction stuff, you know, on them already. Yeah. They don't need us adding to that or, or, or looking down at them in any way. I think it's very important that you, you know, you, you support your leaders and you, and you get behind them and you help them get through it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and we do that so easily. You know, somebody, somebody slips and falls. Like we, we throw them away. Like, Oh, okay. Well they're, I guess they're done. And it's like that, but that's not what my Bible says. Yeah. You know, it says, behold, the righteous man falls seven times, but seven times he gets up, you know? And, 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 that's the whole point of Christ dying on the cross is for that grace. You know, yes, we need to hold them, hold them accountable and say, Hey, look, you messed up. Like, you know, so many times I've seen churches like kick people out, you know, Missy's talked about it, uh, mm-hmm. about somebody falls and they just like want to get rid of them. Like, all right, well, you can't be here anymore. And it's like, that's the opposite of what Christ did. You know, it's like, yes, we're going to fall, but like, like, let's get up. Let's, let's move together. Let's get up. Let's pick ourselves back up. Like, you know, if it is a pastor or somebody in leadership, maybe step back from that, but we're still going to be here with you. We're still going to be, you know, going through it with you and trying to lift you up. And, and, you know, for people like Hunter said, you know, looking up to his dad and looking up to, like I said, me, he wrote a paper about me once. And it was, it was just, it warms my heart because I know the men in my, that I had in my life that I looked up to like that, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it really does come as a shock when you find out that, that some of them, oh my gosh, they're human. They, they struggle mm-hmm. too. Like it's crazy. Um, now, now I know one thing with me, what do, what do you do when you're, when you're that person, when you're the one that, that, that is let somebody down? Now, the the first thing I guess is you want to be aware of the, of that you're letting somebody down or that you're hurting somebody. Um, so you, I guess you want to be aware of all the, 
you know, yourself and what you're doing, your words, your actions and everything that you're doing, you need to be acutely aware of that stuff yeah. because it's easy to not see our own, our own flaws. Yeah. You know, there's, there's big things that we, we probably know, but there's probably little things that we're not even really aware of. So I think that the Holy Spirit has to um, enlighten us in those areas, show yeah. us, show us where we're, where we're causing somebody to stumble or yeah. causing somebody to struggle or something like that. Um, I think awareness is the first step and all that. And then, the willingness to change. And and I think that part of that is going, you know, part of all that is, is going to the person and, you know, apologizing, yeah. asking for their forgiveness. I think yeah. that's big. I think we sometimes just think, well, people will get over, people will forgive me. Yeah. They have to forgive and, me. And yeah. we don't do our part in asking and apologizing and, and so, you know, being sincere and all that. Um, you know, I just, those are all big things to me. Yeah. And me and me and my brother, John, I call him my brother because I really look at him like that. We had that conversation of, most of the time asking for forgiveness isn't even for that other person. It's for you. It's so that you can take accountability for what you did and say, Hey, I'm sorry. Cause that person may not even accept that apology. You know, right. you apologize a hundred times and they'll never accept it, but it's good for you to say, Hey, I am sorry. Whether you accept it or not, whether you forgive me or not, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for my fault in it. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times that's, that'll take the weight of the world off your shoulder. It really mm-hmm. will. Cause you know, you slipped up, you know, you messed up and you failed somebody. And to be able to go to them and say, "Hey, I messed up. Like I fell short, and I I, I need to do better." Because yeah. we all we all can we all we all yeah. you know struggle in, in certain areas, yeah. um, even if we don't think about it. Because I know you probably don't think about you you know somebody looking up to you, but I know you've got brothers. You being the oldest, you may not be you're the shortest or second. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, no. The first thing is you know you gotta go up and admit that you know you messed up, and also remind them that yeah you're human too. But yeah. don't look for an excuse. Don't try to make an excuse to get yourself out of it, but admit to it and just let them know that you're going to try harder next time. You know, yeah. you're going to make sure you stay, you know, if we're talking about the faith aspect, you know, st- learn more, you know, study more, pray harder, yeah. just to better yourself. Yeah. And I think after you do that, you know, just prove them, prove to them physically and, you know, through your actions that you're going to do a lot better. That's good. That you'll yep. be all right. Cause I mean, good. everybody messes up, like you said. Yep. And that's, I mean, same in our relationships, you know, our, our wives or our girlfriends, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, oh, sometimes they hold us to, to a higher standard because they know what, what we can be. And even people that, that look up to us in the faith, it's the same thing. They know what, where we can be and what we, what we want to be, but sometimes we fall short of that. And, and it's okay to admit that it's okay to say, Hey, you know, I, I messed up. I fall short and i you know, I struggle with this. And I think that opens up a bigger conversation to where people that may be hiding these things that they're struggling with, if they realize that we all, we're all falling short, like none of us have got it under control. None of us are just, okay, I'm good to go. I know where I'm at. And you know, until the day we die, we're going to be working on ourselves continuously. And I think for a long time, the church has, has put out that picture and that's what the world sees. They see the hypocrisy because the church is saying, well, we've got it all together. Like we're perfect and y'all aren't. And instead of saying, Hey, like let's let's nip these things in the bud, you know. We want to we want to point out certain sin, but not the sin that's in the middle of the church. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know when leaders come to grips with looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, I fall short, and I need to work on that, and they admit that, and they you know talk to those that are under them and say, like, hey, y'all, you know, here's what I start with. I think that's where the best messages mm-hmm. come from. You know, right. is, is a place of yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing, man, is that you know as a church. If if you're 
in a position of being judgmental towards non-Christians, then why would they not be judgmental towards you whenever yeah. something happens? That's good. So, but if you're always coming from a place, you know, I'm talking as a church as a whole and dealing with, with, you know, non-believers, if you're, if you're always coming from a place of mercy and understanding and forgiveness towards them yeah. and not judgment, yeah. then, then in turn, when something happens within the church, they're not going to be like, well, see, you know, you're no better yeah. than me. They won't yeah. have the at ammo to throw back at you because that's not what you're, you know, that's not what you're handing out to them. Yeah. I read, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I read this thing and it really opened up my eyes. You know, a lot of people, well, the church, you know, they want to picture themselves as perfect, but a church is just like a hospital, except for instead of the sick, it's for the spiritually sick. Mm-hmm. And so when people start to get that grasp, I think that a lot more people would be open because, yeah. you know, you come to church, you don't want to. You know, be judged for not being the perfect Christian, which none of us are, but that's just a bad image that the church paints. Yeah. Is that they want to say that, you know, they're all perfect. They have nothing to worry about instead of being like a hospital. And, you know, you go to church to get fixed. Yeah. You go to church to get spiritually right. If you're not, I mean, if everybody's spiritually right, then why would there be a church? Yeah. That's exactly that's what it's for. It's for, you know, uh, equipping of the saints to send them out into the world. You know, it, it's, it stopped becoming that and it started becoming a a you know we've said it all the time a a club where okay y'all get in here and we can hide from the world for a little bit it's like no that's that's a place to cry out to praise the lord and equip yourself so that when you go outside the walls mm-hmm. you're ready to preach the good word you know that's what yeah. we talked about last episode yeah. we're all meant to to, to preach not mm-hmm. all of us are meant to be preachers but we're all meant to right. preach god's goodness mm-hmm. and uh you know, it's time that we that we admit that we're a broken people in in need of a savior, right? Every day, every day, man. Uh, you know, if we like we talked about, like if we all had it together, we'd all be bold enough to run down the aisles. You know, talk yeah. about the guy that yeah. runs down the aisles. You know, yep. If uh, my wife was on here, she could probably tell this a lot better than I can. But there was a pastor that she looked up to who always you know told her when you know when she was getting into ministry that the biggest challenge that you're going to face is convincing someone that they need a savior, you know, because you'll have a church full of people who all feel like they're okay. That's, they're, yeah. they're good. That's good. You know, that they, you know, they come to church, they pay their tithes, they smile, they look pretty, they do everything that they're supposed to do. Yeah. Like by a, by a law standard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. but, um, but you know, everyone, you know, you have to, everyone needs a savior. Yeah. No one has attained that yet. Like Paul talks about, yeah. you know, even, you know, even Paul and all those things that he did, you know, he said, I have not attained it yet, yeah. but strive towards a goal. That's right. And so that's where we all, we just have to stay humble and be in that place of, of knowing that, that none of us have made it there yet. Yeah. And we all need a savior. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole point of it. You know, we talk about the check mark The okay, I've got a job, I've got kids, I go to church on mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, it's a, it's a check mark system. You know, I've always had youth like I don't. I don't understand how people could be. They could go to church for so many years, and they like they don't get excited about it anymore. It's like because there's a lot of people that just come because they feel like it's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't actually come to get changed. We want to hear a good message, but we don't want to hear a God message mm-hmm. because a God message will make us change. Yeah. That'll preach. You know, if you can't, oh, it's part of a message. I've. <laughs> If you come into a service and you leave the same as when you came in, then you didn't attend. You you, you just wasted your time. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be changed every single service. You should be striving every single day to be a better and better Christian. And a, right. You know, and if and, and if that's you in that situation where you just feel like you're in a a dead church or a dead place where you go into church and nothing's moving, nothing. You know, then you need to you know to think about 
or am I seeking the creator or am I seeking his blessings or what am I doing here? Yeah. Because a lot of us want to be comfortable in the, in the fact, knowing that we've got that card yeah. that says we're going to enter heaven yeah. and we're going to do just the bare minimum or just what we think, you know, is the bare minimum to, yeah. to keep that card in our wallet. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know, and so, you know, when you're following God, that, that relationship's constantly evolving and there's, there's, and I believe that when you're really seeking the Lord, the hunger is always growing. Yeah. It does. It's not something that burns out yeah. over time. It's something that grows over time. Yep. So we're, you know, I think that, man, if you just, maybe just time to step back and, and kind of reevaluate things. You know, I don't yeah. know there may be listeners out there that, that understand what I'm saying here, but, oh, yeah. um, you know, if, if you're not being moved when you go to church, then maybe you need to look inward and not out of you know, not like yeah. anybody else, just, you know, what's going on within me. That's good. Yeah, because every every service, every time God's God's house is open, and you're there, you should feel an excitement. You know, it should be. We get excited about games and about the Super Bowl and about you know this and that that we get to go to. We get so excited and riled up, but then we come to church and we act like, okay, I'm just gonna sit here and chill. Like, and not everybody's built to get excited and to get up and scream and and do all these things. But it should be an exciting thing to get. To have the opportunity to come into God's house and praise Him, lift Him up, and get with your friends and and people of like mind, and grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an exciting thing. We should be pumped up. We should be excited, and we should be on fire to get to learn. Like, oh, what do you got for me today? You know, it's like it's become so lax. It's become. I mean, just the church as a whole, Big C Church. The church as a whole has become just so comfortable especially in the United States, we're so comfy with our air conditioned churches and our nice cushy seats. And we don't want to do anything because we don't want to change. Nobody likes change. Everybody likes it the way it is. But God's like, he's a moving God. You know, we want, we want God's blessing. We want God to be with us, but God's on the move. He can't be with somebody that's standing still. You know, you've said a million times, if you're standing still, you're going backwards, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's like, man, we got to realize that we're all broken, we're all flawed, and we all got something to work on. So let's do it together and let's move forward and keep moving, keep it exciting, and keep seeking God's face, you know? Well, a big contributor to that is, you know, a lot of people, they view church as not necessarily a blessing, but just something that's always going to be there, you know? Yeah, obligation. We, yeah, we don't see that, you know, the people on the other side of the country that sneak into church, you mm-hmm. know, sneak to have the underground churches. Yeah, yeah. We don't ever hear about, we don't ever think about that. Yep. So when you just go to church, you're like, yeah, this is that church. Like you said, you just mark it off your checklist. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's hard to get on, hard to get on fire yeah. if whenever you're just checking it off. You see a lot of that with the, with youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that especially, you know, a lot of people, you know, they just go to church for something to do on Wednesday mm-hmm. and they don't ever open their minds up to like, Hey, I'm actually enjoying this. Yeah. Or they're like, you know, a big thing is when parents force their kids to go to church. Because, yeah. you know, I've, you know, I'm a youth, so I understand, you know, I can relate more. Because once you force someone to go to something, they're instantly not going to enjoy it, no matter how fun it is. Yeah. So that's a big thing, too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That was one thing that, like, mom, when she was, a, you know, she became a new Christian, she would, like, literally drag people to the altar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mom, like, that's that's not... That's not helping anybody. That's that, hard. Per- that that person is not gonna change. That person doesn't want to change. They just got drugged down there, you know. So I think that we we fall into that, which it's another message that that God's laid on my heart is 
We we would rather have a number beside people saved than a than a number of people's lives that are changed. Oh, that's good right there. Mm-hmm. We'd rather be able to say, oh, a hundred people got saved today than these people's lives are changed. Mm-hmm. These people, when they left here, are changed. Like their right. families are changed. We'd rather be able to say, well, hundred got saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though they left, you know, they came here and they hoop and holler and jump up and down, but they leave and they go right back into the same thing. They, they're not changed. They're not any different. And it's like, yeah. well, then all you did was put on a show, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's the same thing with, with these people who try to put on the front is we would, we would do everything to convince this person that I'm saved. I got it all together, but then go home the same as when we came. You put in more effort faking a Christian than you do actually being a Christian. Exactly. And it's, it's. People, especially nowadays, people see that. They see right through that fake. You know, it's time for the church to be real. It's time mm-hmm. for us to look in the mirror and say, okay, we have got we've got to show this world something different. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to show them that the church is hurting just like they are, but we have a savior. Come, right. come and, and, and check out yeah. this man that saved our lives. You know, we're broken too, but but we have this savior. You know, instead of we've got it together, you need to get it together. You know, that's, right. that's a very us versus them instead. Right. We're all in this together. But I don't know, man. Good I topic. See a lot, oh, yeah. I just see a lot of, you know, a lot of pastors uh, and a lot of evangelists that, that have just fallen off, man. There was a couple of you, big YouTubers that were big Christian YouTubers that completely left the faith. Like, I mean, just like denounced Christianity altogether. And it just, it was so disheartening because... It's almost like it's almost like we use we use Christ as an all you can eat buffet, and when we're done with the things that we want, we throw them out. And it's heartbreaking, man. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it is. But I don't know, man. We're all human. We all fall. Yes, our righteousness is that of filthy rags. So yeah, y'all got anything else on your heart? I believe. Hunter? Man, I'm still trying to... Once you said, you know, Grandma Julie pulling people to the altar, I don't know why I can vividly picture her <laughs> grabbing your arm and just walking you. Just, Michael Simmons, come on. <laughs> right. Just, you, you want to go up there? Let's go. We're going up there. <laughs> no, it's, I don't care if you want to go up there. We're going. <laughs> you're telling you. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's... You know, speaking of, you know, being forced to go to church, you know, we was... And I ain't even going to lie. We didn't have a choice. Yeah. So once you, you know you start being forced to go to church, you just lose all interest. Yeah, you're like, I don't know how to explain it, but you just you don't want to be there, so yeah. you don't put in the effort to listen to what they say. Yeah, I think that's a big thing for you know why teens, a lot of teens are you know outside of the church. You know, there are, like you said, you know, there's so many youth that are on fire for God, but then they leave. But if you look in, you know, ask them, ninety nine percent of them are forced to be there. Yeah, so it's hard to keep. Keep the excitement whenever you have no choice. That's also that's also something, especially with teens, like it's different when you're an adult and you're getting dr- drugged to do that. But when you're a teen, because one, you do what your parents do. Yeah, I mean. But also, it's like going out in the rain. Whether you want to get rained on or not, someone drags you outside in the rain, you're yeah. going to get rained on. 
And it's, it's like the Bible says, my, my word will not return for it. So you'll get something out of it. Even if you're trying not to listen, you're going to get something out of it. Like whether or not you do something with that, that's a different story, but you're going to get something out of it. Yeah. So and I'm, it may be years down the road. Yeah. You know, and I just, as a parent, I'm never going to not take my children to church because yeah. they don't want to go. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's not a decision they're equipped to make. Yeah. At um, that age. That's at that age. Too. I mean, yeah. it's just not. And uh, I don't want to answer to God for why I didn't have my kids in church. Yeah. And um, when you're older, you'll understand. You, you'll you'll grasp that concept. Now, when they get older, you know, it's kind of like one of them deals. You train up a child, and then, you know, they kind of go through, you know, a lot of kids go through it where they've been drugged to church till they're 18, and now they're 18, and they don't, you know, they're going to college. And it's up to them if they want to make time for church. And a lot of them choose not to. Yeah. But through that there'll be, you know, a time whenever they'll remember those things they were taught as kids. They'll remember those Bible stories of David and Goliath and all, yeah. you know, all these things that's in you. Yeah. If it's not in you, they can never, you know, yeah. be brought back up, yeah. you know? So, um, that, that's why parents, I believe, you know, take their kids to church is yeah. because you want to instill that in them at a young age. Yeah. And then when they grow older, they won't depart from it. And I think the big thing with that is what you hit on is that they're, they're not equipped to make that decision at that age. So yeah. you've got to, you know, I'm I'm a big proprietor. Yeah, now of once you get to a certain age, like Lee's to that age where you're going to make decisions mm-hmm. that I'm going to disagree with, and that's fine. That's your decision to make because I can't hold your hand on Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. However, that's one decision that you're not going to make. You're going to church yeah. because one, that's our family time. Like that, our family is going to ask for me in my house. We're going to serve the right. Lord. You get you can decide what you're going to do with that. You know, you, you may not like it, but you're going to decide what you want to do with that. But until you your brain is developed enough to make those decisions, because at 14, 15 years old, you still don't know. You don't you don't grasp the whole concept of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You still think that, well, my parents are stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. So you still are in that area of you're just a dumb dumb. <laughs> but. We're going to go to church because I know that you're going to get something out. Even even if it has, even if it's not salvation, it has nothing. You're going to learn how to be a good how to be a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you you just completely turn your back on the faith, you're going to still be able to learn. Some, I think we talked about it last time. We're, you're still going to be able to learn some things like manners, some things like respect for your elders, something you know. That's right. all things that are taught in the Bible. Some things mm-hmm. like right and wrong. Some things like you don't steal and you don't right. lie and you don't. These are things that are Bible principles. Mm-hmm. Whether people, they want to say it's not, that's where they come from. They are Bible yeah. principles. So you're going to at least learn that. That's going to be instilled in you. you know, right. Whether or not you, you know, when you get 18, 19 and go off on your own, you want to decide to go and be a crazy person. Right. That's fine. But you're going to you're gonna have these things that have been instilled and you can have a good foundation. Whether you want to mm-hmm. build on that or not, it's up to you. You know, I think about the flip side of that coin. You have children who come from a from a, a not a healthy family, yeah, you know, and that Wednesday night when the bus or van picks them up for church yeah. is, is some of the few moments of peace they receive the whole week. Yeah. So that church and youth group and things like that become like a sanctuary for them. Yeah. You know, it gets them away from their alcoholic or drug addict parents who yeah. beat them and cuss at them. And you know what I mean? They, yeah. they're dealing with hell all through the week. And then that Wednesday night, they feel privileged yeah. to be in church that's and good. then to hear people complaining, 
they don't want to go. I don't want to yeah. be here and yeah. stuff. It's like, man, you ought to be in their shoes for a little bit. That's good. And see what kind of place. This is a place of is a sanctuary. It's a safe place, and it's a place where there's healing takes place. And yeah. and you're you're fortunate to be here. That's good. you know. We just talked about that. Talked about kind of me and Hunter both said you know we we be at home with our parents. We're like, oh my god, they're so neat. They're always griping me out or blah blah blah. And then we see like our friends. He was talking about one of his friends. You see their home life. It's like. Wow, I've got such a good home life, you know. Right. And I think that that goes right yeah. along with it. We see the other side of it, and it's like, oh my goodness, yeah. So that's yeah, that's so good. And I've had I've had youth like that to where like they would argue on the church bus like, who gets dropped off last because they just didn't want to go home. Yeah, you know, they get loved on, they get you know fed, they get you know laughter and joy and and all these things that are things that the church should be doing, you know, and it's. Yeah, it's so it's so good, man. And we, right. we do. We take it for granted a lot a lot of us, you know, that have maybe grew up in it or that's just what we did every week. And then now it's like it's such a privilege. It really is. It's such a privilege and an honor to be able to come into God's house and to worship. Amen. So yeah. Hunter, thanks for hanging out with us today. Hey, no problem. He is he is getting put to work today. Is he? Yeah. I got Subway, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> we had cheap. a what is it called? Protein bow. A protein bow. Which is oh. like the inside of a sub without the bread. Oh, super healthy. Bad. Yeah, yeah, super good. Fire. carbs. Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, carbs are bad. He got this weirdo. Don't get any vegetables, just meat and cheese. Oh, and sauce. And sauce, so, yeah. <laughs> sauce. Like, yeah. Some, a tub of ranch. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of ranch and <laughs> Southwest sauce. Good. Eat it with a spoon. Yep, yep, yep. burnt out. All right. Well, hey, thank you everybody for joining us again today. Thank you, Hunter, for being with us. Uh, remember, if you don't have a home church, come check us out at the Lighthouse in Dexter, 830 in the parking lot, 10 o'clock inside. We love y'all.